Are you ready for the word this morning? Are you wondering why I'm dressed like this this morning? No? Man, I've been asked already a handful of times, like, what's up with the tie? I probably haven't worn one in well over a year. I'm not really sure, but I, I was just thinking this morning as I was, uh, as I was getting dressed and really thinking about relationship. You know, sometimes we dress and, or need to or, or dress for relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it, it can be so good for my personal relationship with my wife when I wear whatever she lays out for me after I get out of the shower. So it's all about relationship this morning. Thank you. This morning we're going to be talking about relationship. But the relationship that I'm talking about, and I'm going to start reading some scripture here just very shortly, is about that relationship with Jesus. How we can, we should, and hopefully we will be a friend of Jesus. And I even thought trying to decide what is the title for this. Is it be a friend of Jesus or be a friend to Jesus? Does that... Those change of those two words right there make a little difference? Do those two words change make a lot of difference? I'm thinking of being a friend to or being a friend of. It just reminds me, we're, we're going to get into the word here in just a second, but I, I had to think about, I mean, I was thinking about as soon as I started opening my mouth up here about being a friend to someone. I was thinking of Don Christensen, who used to be our worship leader for like 30 years or more, and, and actually being a friend to Don. I was a friend of Don, and near the end of his life, I very much became a friend to Don. I was a friend that he could trust, that his wife could call on when... Oh, brother. In his last few days, in his last few weeks, I should say, but particularly in his last days, I'm the one that got called at midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning to go lift his scrawny little body out of that bed, set him on the potty chair so he could end up going to the bathroom. That's being a friend to someone. Being a friend of for several years, but becoming a friend to someone is fulfilling the need, doing what needs to be done and what needs to be accomplished because I can be trusted to do so. Does this make sense? Yeah. Being a friend to. So I really believe that we're called to be a friend to Jesus. And how do we do that? Are you ready? Okay, this morning I'm going to be, I'm going to be reading a lot. Uh-huh. And that's, that, that, this very likely could be the best message I've ever preached because I'll be reading the Word so much. Can't go too far wrong when you're really reading the Word of God, right? All right. I'm also going to be doing it from two different translations. The, the first half and the second half are going to be from New Living Translation. I got this Bible a long, long time ago. It's about worn out. It is the first Bible, it's the only Bible, that I've actually opened to page one. I decided one year I wanted to read from page one to page 1406, word by word, every single word, and make myself pay attention. How many of you know that, well, at least I can anyway, I can be reading and then let my mind go somewhere else and read the rest of that page and go, good grief, Lynn, what did you just read? Make myself go back, start over and read again. So I, I, I have read every word in succession from page 1 through page 1406 in this particular Bible, and that was a long time ago. Uh, so it's, it's a special Bible to me, and we're going to start 
Again, New Living Translation, it's easy to read. It's something that's great to read from and even reasonably good to preach from. But the more that I started digging deeper into the Word and deeper into the Word and, and looking over and back and forth to, to Greek, the more mistakes, little, little mistakes that I found in New Living Translation that started to bother me. So I don't just study from that or preach from it usually. But, okay, with all of that, we're ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Okay, New Living Translation. We got that ready? Awesome. Who's up there? <laughs> all right, we're going to the 15th chapter of John. I'm going to begin with verse 9 and go through 17 in the New Living Translation. As I was studying and, and, and reading this, I was just thinking, my goodness, this was stuff that Jesus was sharing so from his heart with those closest to him, with his disciples, just before. This is like after the Last Supper, before he was ready to go to be crucified. So verse 9. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. So amazing that we've just, all the worship was so much love, 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 trust, trust, trust. My goodness. I, I just love it when Holy Spirit is working that direction, that it goes right from worship right into the Word, and it's just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're amazing in how you bring and weave things together. I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Everybody say, remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love. How do we remain in his love? Why we obey him. Just as I obey my father and remain in his love. I've told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Man, and the other song that we were just doing is the joy, 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 joy. <laughs> just a few minutes ago, it's like, unbelievable. Holy Spirit, you're incredible. I've told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. How are we filled with this joy? By remaining in his love. How do we remain in his love? By, by obeying what he asks of us. Step, step, step. I've told you so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Oh, how am I going to have overflowing joy in my life? Well, by receiving his joy, by being obedient to him, by remaining in his love. Simple enough, huh? Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. Oh. What is he commanding us to do? What? Love each other the same way that I love you. So I will remain in his love if I love you. I will experience his joy if I love you. Right? We're all here. And here is how to measure it. Measure what? Measure your love. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. Mm. You are my friends if. <laughs> Everybody say, if. Yeah. It's conditional, huh? This friendship is conditional. The love is not conditional, but the friendship is conditional. Are you with me? Love is unconditional. Love is mandatory, but friendship is an if. Does this make sense? Everybody's still with me? Okay. You are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. It's like, yeah. 
Servants are not going to be the ones that I share my heart with. Servants are not going to be the ones that I confide my secrets. Servants are not going to be the ones that I confide my deepest longings with. It's going to be with who? My friends. My friends. Those that I truly call friends. I think of, uh, okay, I'm going to read one more, uh, two more verses and then. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father's told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last. What kind of fruit? Lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And verse 17, I command you to love each other. Two commands that fill the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your understanding, and love your neighbor as yourself. Is this not pretty clear? Really clear? Okay, we're going to switch to New King James just briefly, and then we're going to switch back because the building blocks... The bill, we're going over the building blocks. Is how do I become a friend to Jesus? Well, there was the first part. We're going to go through the second part because we are so called to love, 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 love. Love the Lord God with all our heart, with all of our understanding, with all of our strength. Love our neighbors like we love ourselves. And we are also commanded and told, which is another non-conditional principle that we are to live by, and that's to be forgiving, that we forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. It's so much easier to love when you're able to forgive and to receive forgiveness. Okay, so we're turning to Matthew 18. We're going to read 15 through 17 to start with. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So if he's willing to listen, you've won him back. You've gained him. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So again, all right. Now, when we start thinking of church issues, we've all experienced a church issue or a church hurt, haven't we? Yeah, mostly. How many people have been hurt by the church? You sure it was the church that hurt you or was it the people that hurt you? It's like, man, if we were working on these building blocks, maybe we wouldn't be quite so easily hurt or quite so easily offended. And we're going to just continue to go through these. But I was, as I was reading this, it's like, all right, by the, let every word established be by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And I'm thinking, all right, so... Pastor Tim has done this to me. I have talked to Pastor Tim about that, and he's going, yeah, that, no, not, not me. I, I, I think maybe you, it's like, okay, wait a minute. There had to be someone else that was a part of that that saw this. So I'm going to try to find somebody that's going to be a witness for me, right? And let me tell you some of the danger in this. If we misinterpret this, We can be running around the church causing strife and division because I'm looking for somebody to side up with me so I can bust Tim. Right? Is that not a very natural thing to do? If I have been offended and I have had my feelings hurt or really got my nose twisted and I would like to make sure that everybody knows whose fault that is, it's really easy for me to go running around trying to find somebody that will side up with me against Tim. Right? And what, we can dig further into the Bible, it says, 
Mark those who cause strife. Mark those who cause division between brothers. So we have to be really, really careful and do a complete heart check in ourselves before we start running around trying to find somebody that's going to be a witness for me. Is everybody with me here? This is all making really good sense so far? Good. Yeah. We have to be careful about, about that. And there's an absolute heart check here. Then what happens in verse 17? If he refuses to hear them, then we just tell it to the church. Oh, you know, that can work out really well if, <laughs> depending on who the church and what, but if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Oh, and what do we do to heathens and tax collectors? It's like, you know, they're, they're set aside, they're, they're, they're cast aside. They're not somebody that we're fellowshipping with. If it's a heathen who confesses to be a brother. Everybody still with me? It's like, okay, we're not talking about every heathen. We're here to save the heathens. We're here to bring the heathens to salvation, to restoration, to be reconciled to Jesus. And the same thing with the tax collectors. But someone who confesses to be a brother and confesses to be a Christian, it's like, okay, different story, different story. We don't necessarily fellowship with them. I want to jump to from 18 to 18, 21 through 35. How important this forgiveness thing is. 21 through 25, then Peter, after, after hearing some of this, Jesus was, was sharing these words. Then Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. He was not able to pay his master, so he commanded that he be sold with his wife, his children, and all that he had, and that that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, I have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. It's like, oh, awesome, forgiven the debt. But that servant went out, found one of his fellow servants who only owed him a few hundred, like a million dollars compared to a thousand dollars or even less. The servant who went out and found a fellow servant who owed him a hundred denarii and laid his hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, begged him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. And he would not, but he threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and they came and told the master all that had been done. Then his master, after he'd called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Ah, going to get a little, little more and a little deeper into forgiveness here when I'm talking about and thinking about. I remember Matthew Forsyth right there, Pastor Matthew and myself prayed for a gentleman who sat right there, stood up right there at one time, and I so felt, we, I felt that God wanted to heal this young man. He was a first-time visitor here, so felt God wanted to heal him, but there was something blocking, and I saw in, in, in kind of a little snapshot vision here it was like him sticking a glass with a lid on it under a water spout and it would just splash off and it's like God wants to heal you I shared with him 
And with Matthew and I were there, we were praying for him, and, and then I stopped and shared with him because he was receiving nothing. No healing was happening. And, and I said, is there there's something blocking? I just had a little vision of this. There's something blocking your healing. And, and I am sure, I think, is there somebody that you need to forgive? And he said, yes. I said, oh, good, good, good. Well, let's get that taken care of. You forgive that person, and then we're going to pray and really believe that you're going to get healed. And he said, I can't. It's like, you can't? What do you mean you can't? I, I can't. It's like, well, sure you can. It's really simple. You just speak it out and forgive, forgive from your heart. And he said, yeah, no, I can't. It's like, well, who is it? Can you tell me who it is? Yeah, it's my mother. Your mother? Yeah, my mother abandoned me. She chose somebody else, another guy, and she blah, 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 blah. And I had to live with my... He kind of went through a... It's like, well, we need to work through that. You need to give that up. You need to give her over to Jesus. You need to be able in your heart to forgive so you can be healed. It's like not only was he being tortured, it was a physical torture that he couldn't lift his arm. Colleen even got, she even got a, a video of this happening at the end because we prayed, we, well, it probably took 20 minutes or more to walk through a forgiveness thing with him, but it happened right there. When we were finished with forgiving, we, with the forgiveness process, we laid hands on him, prayed for him again. He was completely healed. He raised that arm and gave me a high five. And Colleen has a picture of that. We're talking the, the snot and the tears and the wailing and the, and the arm raised up and, and, a, and a high five with that. It's like, I think you still, have, you still have that video, Colleen? Maybe. Oh, that would be fun to see again. But So my Heavenly Father, I just say the torturers, you know, we lock ourselves in our own prison to be tortured when we are not willing to forgive from our heart to release somebody of their infraction, and when we release that, when we turn them over to Jesus to where we can actually pray for them, then God will absolutely free us and heal us. It's like... When we used to do Celebrate Recovery, there was a, a word that some of the guys would use for that. It says, like, yeah, you're letting somebody stay in your head and torment you rent-free. <laughs> stay there rent-free to torment you. It's like, man, we need to have clean hands and a pure heart. We need to release that. We need to give them over to Jesus. Say, here, I release this person to you. I forgive them right now, Jesus, and it's up to you. And I pray for them, for their soul, that you will restore them. But I release them to you right now in the name of Jesus. So what's absolutely necessary and imperative is that we love one another and that we forgive one another. If you will be quick to forgive, he will be quick to forgive, touch, and heal. You will be delivered from the torture, the mental anguish, and the torture that comes with unforgiveness. All right. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother for his trespasses. So it's a heart check. It's a heart position. It's a heart check and a heart thing that we need to release and forgive. Got it? Moving on. We're going to Ephesians now. Where I'm going to be doing quite a bit of, of reading and commenting. But we'll start with Ephesians 1. We're going to go from verse 118 through 2. 2.10. If you didn't understand what that meant, I went, we're going to start at 1.18 and go through 2.10. Right in. <clears throat> Paul says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light 
so that you can understand the wonderful future that he, Jesus, has promised to those he called. Oh, a wonderful promised future to those he called. I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance he's given to his people. And who are his people? We are. And he says, I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe in him. Oh, that we understand the incredible greatness of his power for us when we believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he, Jesus, is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else in this world or the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and he gave him this authority for the benefit of the and he gave him this authority for the benefit of the church. And who is the church? Us. We are the church. Christ has been given the authority for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. We need to get this. We need to get this. The church is his body. Because it is his body, we are in him. When we're in the church, we're in his body because it is the church. Good? Amen. It is filled by Christ who fills everything everywhere with his presence. That's why we so, 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 so love and covet the presence of God in this place. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins, you used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature, we were born with an evil nature. It's like, oh, I just saw the shoemaker's grandson the other night. We just look at a brand new baby and go, how could this possibly be born with an evil nature? Watching the little guy just smile. He winked at me too. He winked and smiled at me. And I'm sure I'm the first one that got a wink. We were born with an evil nature, and we were under God's anger just like everyone else. But, everyone say, but God, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so very much that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. It's only by God's special favor that you have been saved. How were we saved? By his special favor. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. We are seated with him now in the heavenly realms. Why? All because we're one with Christ Jesus. We're one with him, so we're seated in heavenly realms. When we, when we begin to really understand, when we begin, begin to grasp and hang on to that... We're praying into situations from a heavenly realm, praying down into earthly situations from a heavenly realm. And so, this, I love this and so right here. And so God can always point to us. Everybody say us. As examples of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness towards us, as shown in all he, all he has done for us through Jesus Christ. So we get to be the amazing and the incredible examples of his wealth and of his favor and of his kindness towards us. All of those things that, that, that are shown in us when God points to us through Jesus Christ. 
realizing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except how? Through him. All he's done for us through Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus. God saved you by his special favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. <laughs> Ain't that a beautiful thing right there? You can't take credit for it because it is a gift from God. Yeah, that's worth a hand clap to God right there. Thank you, Jesus, for that gift. Salvation is not a reward for good things we've done. Should I say that one again? Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. Salvation is a gift of God. So none of us can boast about it. We are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long, long ago. And everybody should hoop and holler and clap right there. So. <clears throat> okay. And that's really good preaching when all you have to do is read the promises and what the Word of God says. 314. <laughs> Paul, again, his prayer for spiritual empowerment, empowering. When I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan... I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, from where? From God's glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Where does our inner strength come from? His Holy Spirit living in us. Us in him. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. And there were three, the very first, well, the very second, the very first thing that I heard, audible word of God many years ago now, let's see, to be exact, probably 96 or 97. So that's been quite a while ago. I heard when I was feeling absolutely unworthy because of things and circumstances in my life. I was a bench warmer for six, almost seven years at Valley Church when I started to come here until I heard the audible voice of God that said to me, I'm looking for willing, not worthy, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I was like, whoa, okay. The second thing, not all that much longer, a few months after that, I heard three words, and I heard, get up, write these words down, and it's like, trust, believe, and receive. And that's how I have lived, trusting in God, believing his word, receiving all of the promises that he has for me. Trust, believe, receive. I pray for our, from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you, what? Trust, trust, trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. Hmm. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. That we can experience the love of Christ that we will never fully understand. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Fullness of life and power that comes from Now glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us. 
He's able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope. May he be given glory in the church, which is Jesus Christ's body, the body of the church. May he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. Amen. Continuing on, he says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. You've been called by God. Turn to your neighbor, turn to the one to your right and say, you've been called by God. Okay, now you turn to the one on your left and said, be humble and gentle. Okay, now you turn back and say, be patient with each other. (laughs) Making allowance for each other's faults. Okay, I'm going to read this now. Be humble, gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your... So because of our love, what do we do? Make allowance for each other's faults. Man, it's like nobody's perfect. It's like... See, we can end up having this, an amazing gift where God anoints us. He's given us a gift. He's given each one of us a gift. But we can have this amazing gift. And I I had a vision of this a long time ago, and I, I preached a message on it, but I know it's been like probably four or five years, maybe more. Uh, and, and then maybe less. It's that memory thing. But seeing like, like an M&M, a big round thing, with two little legs, and, that, and it was really clear to me that that was the gifting that we have. You know, he's given gifts, and we all go around with a gift, but those little legs like M&M legs don't have the foundation or the strength that they need to carry that gift. So that gift would run around and, and Bump into things and tip over. Bump into things and tip over. Bump into something else, tip over. Had a hard time even walking in a straight line. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This completely makes sense. You see, we have to realize that you don't have to have incredible integrity, honesty, truth, or a biblical scriptural foundation to end up receiving the gift. And you can walk around with a gift and do nothing but harm. There will be no fruit in that gift until you have developed and created the strength in the legs of truth, integrity, honesty. I mean, I mean, all of those things which are required to build the character to carry the gifting that he has for you. We have to have a foundation, a strong foundation to be able to carry that gift. Otherwise, we get all excited and run around, bonk, 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 tripping, falling all over the place, and our gift is not valued or appreciated because we don't have the character to support it. I remember when, well, not when I first came to the church, like six and a half years that I had been here, coming to the church, and some, probably half of you or more have heard this story before, that I came to the church, and I was getting ready to sell my business in the process of beginning. And uh, so with my vast knowledge of so many, many, many things and my talents and abilities, I came to Pastor Rutson, and I want to give you plenty of warning. I'm going to come, and I'm going to give you two weeks of my time. You are going to be incredibly blessed with two weeks of my time. And when I got here, he was ready, prepared, to be blessed by my time here. He had been running a hose out there on those big, tall kosher weeds and said, I need you to start pulling the weeds around here. It's just like, it's like, what? What? You don't know what all I know how to do? You want me to pull weeds? And I think that's one of the things that we need to do. Be gentle, be humble, be willing to do what needs to be done. Doesn't matter what kind of gift that I think that I have or what kind of gift even that I do have. 
If that gift isn't needed right now, <laughs> there's something that needs to be done right now. And he said, pull those weeds. It's like, I've never gotten very good at weed pulling, so please don't ask me to, be pull, to, to pull your weeds. Struggled with that. But I did, because he says, but you did it. Yep, yeah, yeah, took care of all those weeds in that, in that two weeks. Then I ended up putting in all the sprinklers around here, put down a whole bunch of sod, built the bleachers in the upstairs, built the stage in the gym. Yeah, that two weeks lasted a little more, a little more than two weeks. I think I spent six or seven weeks here to get a lot of things ready so we could actually move in and start our worship in the gym. Okay. Be humble, be gentle, be patient with each other, make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourself united in the Holy Spirit. Let's just say this together, united in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves that way. And bind yourselves together with peace. Yeah, we're going to go right on down. We're all one body. We have the same spirit. That's pretty amazing. We are all one body. We have the same spirit. That's Holy Spirit living in us. Spirit of Jesus Christ in us. And we have all been called to this same glorious future. Future that, man, we need to get used to each other. We need to be love on one another because we're going to spend eternity together. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there's only one God and Father who is over us all, in us all, living through us all. However, he's given each one of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. I'm just going to keep reading. That's why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to the people. And who's the people? We're, we're the people. We've received those gifts. If we have yet not received those gifts, we're receiving those gifts, and we're about to receive those gifts. Notice that he says he ascended. This means that Christ first came down to this lowly world in which we live. The same one who came down is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that his rule might fill the entire universe. He's the one who gave these gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, their responsibility to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. How many times have we heard that? The church, the body of Christ. Until we come to such unity in our faith, unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature and full grown up in the Lord, measuring to the full stature of Christ. No longer like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone told us something different. Or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love. That's a really important one right there, that we hold to the truth in love that we share the truth in love. Man, how many know that you can share the truth, and if it's not in love, it's not going to be effective but offensive? <laughs> Becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. Each part does its own special work, as it helps others, other parts grow so that the whole body, let me say the whole body, the church, is healthy and growing and full of love, 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 love. Okay, I want to go to... Uh, mm, 
Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, I'm just going to keep reading for a little bit. 421 through 5.9. Since you've all heard about... Since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. Everybody say, (laughs) yeah, you don't need to turn to your right or left. I think all of us need a continual uh, to occasionally have another shower which will cleanse and remind us that our thoughts and attitudes need to be renewed. Renewal in the renewal of your mind, your thoughts and attitudes need to be changing. You must display a new nature because you are a new person. Everybody knows you're a new creation, right? A new person in Christ Jesus, created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. You were created, you are now a new creation, righteous, holy, and true in God's likeness. Is that not what it says? Is that not right? Do you all feel it? Do most of you feel it? Or are some of you like I was for quite a while, feeling not so righteous, not so, it's like, defeated for a long time, not understanding, not fully understanding. It's like, you are a new creation, righteous, holy, and true in the likeness of God. So, since that's who you are, act like it. Put away all falsehood. Tell your neighbor the truth because we love, because, because we belong to each other. Don't sin by letting anger get control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. This is one of the things that for years I've used for, you know, in, in, in counseling, in marriage counseling. But this goes so far beyond marriage counseling to the rest of us Christians who all are at one time or another have, have been offended, have gotten angry, and have let that fester. And we've thought about it, and we've had these battles, and even engaged in, like I was talking about, let, let the torturers have their way for a little bit which has given way to the devil and given him a foothold, instead of being quick to release it, check our heart, and in our heart establish that forgiveness, so the devil has no foothold. Because when the devil gets a foothold, then we have allowed access to, from, and by demons in our lives. So if you don't want to end up having demonic activity because you have given access by opening or even cracking a door open because you've held on to anger, stop it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. It'll give the devil a mighty foothold. If you're a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work. Give generously to those in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Oh, did you hear that? Let everything you say be good and helpful so your words will be an encouragement to those who hear you. Don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. He has created you in his image, in his likeness. You're righteous, holy, and true. There is truth. Don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's the one who's identified you as his own. The Holy Spirit guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. Don't be running around trying to choose somebody to side up with you. Get over it and forgive somebody. 
as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Follow God's example in everything you do. You are his dear children. Live a life filled with love for others. Live a life how? For others. Not just love. Love for others. Following the example of Christ, who loved you, gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. And God was pleased because that sacrifice was like sweet perfume to him. Let there be no sexual immorality nor greed. Such sins have no place in God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. I remember, it's like I've heard before people talk about a courtesy laugh or a, a courtesy fall, a cur- you know, courtesy things where we listen to, maybe even like, tolerate something because we stepped into a situation and the kind of talk that's happening, the joke that's, that we're hearing or something, it's like, oh, and then try to gracefully get out of there because like, oh, oh, oh. It's like, you know what? We shouldn't be a part of that. We can just step away and say, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is not for me. I'm not supposed to be here. You are certainly not my kind of of. People. So we, we don't want to condemn people. We don't want to make people feel horribly bad, especially if they're not believers. But in a church setting, in a, when you're around a bunch of believers, if they start talking about dirty jokes and get on the wrong side of what should be, man, we need to bring correction, step away, let them know. It's like, that's not cool. That, no, that's not good. Not good. We don't do it that way. Right? Are we not called to do that? Yes. You can be sure. Oh, no section, no coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Let us be thankful to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is really an idolater. And you know what an idolater is? Someone that goes after idols. Jack Taylor says in... Jack Taylor. Different Jack Taylor. Says an idol is anything in your life that you have to check with before you can say yes to God. Anything in your life that you have to check with before you can say yes to God has become an idol in your life. A greedy person is really an idolater who worships the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the terrible anger of God comes upon all those who disobey him. Don't participate in these things that people do. For though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you are full of light from the Lord. Your behavior should show it. For this light within you produces only what is good and true and right. That's really good right there, isn't it? All right, I want to jump over to... um, 521. Yeah, I'm running out of time. Getting close, though. Oh, um, we need to read at least a little bit. Okay. You will always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The antidote to discontentment I talked about last Sunday is gratitude, gratefulness, giving thanks, giving thanks for all of the blessings in our lives, giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, you will submit to one another 
out of reverence for Christ. It's like, whoa. Submit to one another. I, I, I have circled that. I've put stars by that. I've read that scripture over and over and over again. And it wasn't until this morning that I ended up finally getting a revelation on that scripture. At about 5 o'clock this morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock, it's like, oh, oh, oh. I want to back up to that trust. When, when I've been looking at so, someone that, that will end up becoming part of my inner circle, it will be a friend. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I learned a long, long time ago is like, I'm not going to hire somebody that's going to be close in my inner circle that I don't like. I mean, I can love everybody. I can show everybody love, but I'm not going to work day in and day out and be around people that are going to be part of my inner circle that I don't like. Does that sound a little harsh? Okay. So I need to be people that I like. And when I realize what do I like about someone who's going to be a friend not of mine, but a friend to me is somebody that I can trust. It's like realize, okay, somebody that's going to be a part of my inner circle is going to be somebody that I can trust, somebody that I can share my heart with, somebody that I can, you know, that will rejoice with me, that'll be glad with me, somebody that'll weep with me, that'll mourn with me, somebody that'll pray with me. It's like those are the people that are a part of my inside circle. And when I start then building, we're going to go with the, the team here at Valley Church. They all became ultimately became part of my inside circle. Pastor Tim, Pastor Matthew, Pastor Christy, uh, she was a part of the inside circle for a long time, but <laughs> I knew I could trust her. Pastor Rich is the... Uh, I didn't even need to be reminded of that because I was going to talk about him a little bit, but... No, Pastor Rich is somebody from... He was my very first hire here at Valley Church. When I was able to start hiring, when finally we had enough of a budget to hire somebody, it was Pastor Rich. Amen. How much we appreciate all of us, Pastor Rich. It's just like, Pastor Rich and Pastor Kathy, somebody that I completely trusted because they've been apart for such a long time and we've shared in each other's lives and prayed for each other's children and, and stuff. It's like there's no question that if I turn something over to Pastor Rich, I can absolutely trust him. So his somebody that I can hand something over to Pastor Rich, and then once he has that, has taken that, I know that he is led by the Holy Spirit. So I can submit to him and to his leadership. I hired him, so I'm the, I'm the ultimate authority at Valley Church, second only to, to God, but I can submit to Pastor Rich's authority and leadership in knowing that he's led by the Spirit, and if he doesn't do it exactly the way that I would, I still submit to Pastor Rich because I put him in that position, trusting in the reverence of the Lord that he is led by the Spirit and that what he, a direction that he's going, he knows because we have, someone asked probably four or five years ago, it's like, how do you guys get along so well together? You got, you know, two strong leaders like that. And Pastor Rich's answer was pretty simply, we just stay in our own lanes. It's like when there's a, a mutual, not just respect, but a trust, because I know Holy Spirit's going to be leading Pastor Rich, and he, probably enough with that, huh? It's the same thing like with, with Christy Lynn. It's the same thing with Pastor Tim and, and Pastor Matthew. When, when there gets to a place of trust and comfort, because they have become my family, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, it's more like my kids, uh, then I can submit to them. I'm going to give you an example. Uh, you know, I've heard, well, Christy Lynn, when she's leading the worship, we're in such, oh, there's such incredible heavy presence. And it's like, oh, this is so wonderful. This is so good. Well, she knows that I've probably put 18 hours into my 
message that I have prepared and prepared and I've worked and I've studied and I've prayed and I've sat and pondered and drank way too much coffee. and So I should have an hour to bring this word. She should know. She should respect that. I mean, I could start feeling that way, but you know how many times I get up here and I have 16 minutes, 24 minutes, 18 minutes to, so I'm scrambling just looking at notes and stuff, and well, what am I going to share? What am I going to say this morning? Because my time has really been short. Because they know that I trust them and I submit to them in reverence to the Lord because the Holy Spirit leads them. And... I don't get caught up in my own head, in my own thoughts, and well, I've got this message and I have to get every single word of this delivered because I have these notes and look at all of these notes. <laughs> and I got to get to every one of those. Uh, now, yeah, that's not a very good example to show you my notes, but there are several scratches on other pages that led to this where it starts sorting through the sorting through the scriptures but submitting to one another in reverence to the lord it's like how important that is that we get to the place of trust and belief in one another and if I feel like, oh, my word, I, this is just bubbling over, and I come up to grab a microphone or something, these guys, they're not going to be saying, but I have another song to do, Pastor Lynn, or but I still had six announcements to go. If it were Pastor Tim, Pastor Matthew, or Drew, uh, if, if one of them is like, no. We're allowing in reverence to the Lord, submitting to one another. Does that all make sense now? And it's about time to eat, but I still had a little bit more to go. 529 through 32. Yeah, we'll drop down to the finish. These are the, this is the home stretch. Um, a man is actually loving himself when he loves his wife. 29, no one hates his own body but lovingly cares for it, just as Christ cares for his body, which is the church. And we are his body. How many scriptures did we read that had that very same thing right there? Uh, pretty, pretty repetitive through Ephesians right here. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. We are the church. We are one with Christ. We are one with one another. We are called to love one another as Jesus Christ loved us. Amen. Let's stand together. Probably should ask Ryan up here to, to dismiss us in prayer. Okay, never mind. Father, we just give you thanks this morning. You are so, 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 so good. We love you with the same, not the same kind of undying love, but with an undying love because we want to be friends to you. We want you to see us as friends to you that are quick and willing to obey whatever you call us to do. If you want us to be pulling weeds, if you want us to, you just, you just give us the direction and we want to be quick to respond to whatever you want, whatever you need of us. 
that we can be your hands and your feet to be obedient to go where you show us to go, to be obedient to say what you tell us to say, to be obedient to pray how you lead us to pray. And when you bring us into a situation where you want us to lay hands on somebody to pray because you want to heal somebody, that our eyes and our ears will be open to every situation that you lead us into. We don't want to go kicking down doors or knocking down doors to go uh, let our ministry flow, to fulfill our ministry. It's like, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord. We want to do what you call us to do, and we want to fill the need that you have. Anything that you show us, we want to be obedient. And I just speak that over and for everyone here, that you would use us, that you would see us as your available friends to do and accomplish your will. Quick to hear what you say, see what you're doing, and respond. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ over each one of us. And we give you thanks, and we give you praise. And together we say, Amen. Amen. Well, we have a prayer team.